Well, again, we're so glad that you're with us. Um, last week, we tied up the, uh, um, our three-week series on uh, frequently asked questions, our facts of life, uh, with us. And I see that people came back. So our, our first ever PG-13 service uh, didn't run anybody off, I guess. And so we're glad that, uh, at least thank you on my behalf, that you came back. And uh, so we're starting a new series that we're going to pretty much finish out the summer with, uh, which is just called Summer School. And I know nobody right now wants to talk about school, but this is really a different thing. This is just about learning from the, all the cool, fun stuff we do in the summertime. And uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into the middle of this. If you've got your version notes open and you've got your bulletin, you can just follow along. Uh, the truth is, is that God is constantly changing us from the inside out, constantly. We say yes to him, we embrace the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus, and we have, we have, we're right with God in that moment based on what Jesus did, and we are <clears throat> we're righteous, we're heaven ready right then. But then he begins this work to begin to change our choice patterns. We begin to... to come back to this place where we understand of Deuteronomy 30, 19. I've set life and death, blessing and cursing in front of you. Choose life. And prior to Christ and all the influence of the world, we get pretty good at making destructive death choices. And the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to shift it and help us to begin to make life choices. Life choices that impact our own lives, impact our families, our co-workers, everybody around us, the kingdom of God. So he's changing us on the inside out. And one of these core places, one of these core places is that, that God is developing us in is truly resting in him. Now, folks, we have more personal leisure time than we've ever had in the history of the world. I'm telling you, we have, as a culture, we have tons and tons of leisure time. I mean, most people get up, they go to work, and it's not an odd thing for somebody then to get home after work and to spend the rest of the day doing kind of whatever they want. Having a meal, watching TV, watching a movie, piddling around with a hobby. doing We have tons and tons of free time as a culture that we're not having to provide food, clothing, and shelter, the basic necessities of life. But yet, we're still not very good at resting. It seems like we're actually even worse at it as a culture. We're more stressed. We have all this time to, to, to blow off steam, and yet somehow even the stuff that we do for rest begins to add stress. I mean, I tell you, I realized that it was not a good thing for me to, to try to be a coach to like little kids. I'm normally a laid back person and I'm not athletic, so why would I coach anyways? But then I, just, I got to coach Brooklyn years ago at basketball, little eight-year-old girl basketball. And I find myself screaming and slapping a pad at little seven and eight year old girls because they're not doing something right. And I realized in a hurry, this is not life giving for anybody. This is supposed to be a place of volunteerism and, and, and enjoyment for me. And I'm about to make some little kid cry. And I'm just like blowing my witness as a, as a believer, much less as a minister. And I, this isn't good. And uh, so we can, we can get into these places that we're doing stuff and we just end up adding stress to our lives. And we really need to learn. And to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he's going to lead us into a place where we can really rest. And we're going to look at what that means. Now, what I want to show you right quick is I want to show you 
uh, uh, just a moment, I'm going to show you a picture, okay? That we were at, um, um, years ago, we got the privilege of getting to go to Disney World. And, of course, Disney World is a fun place called the happiest place on earth. It's nothing, it's nothing but leisure. You spend lots of money just to be leisurely. But, man, I had, had to break off being the vacation Nazi. You know, you spend all that money. You're going to be there from the park opens till the park closes. And we're going to have fun. And uh, so at some point in that trip, I kind of quit doing that. We actually took a nap at Disney World. I went back to the room and took a nap. I didn't even want to calculate the hourly cost of that nap. And so it would have ruined the nap. Um, but we're, we're there on Disney property and, and having a nap because it was restful and it was good. But you know who, showed, who led the way is our, at the time our youngest son. We had been going hard. We had been to the Pirate and Princess party. We were having some stuff done to the little Mickey hats and having their names put on it. And man, this kid understood what it meant to be carefree and to rest. And he didn't even care whether or not it was going to have any kind of effect on, on his like manliness. And so because the only empty shelf he could find was the Tinkerbell shelf. And so this is what he did. <laughs> he was wore out. He's at the happiest place on earth. And it was time to go to sleep. And we look over and there he is. He's just, he's just out. He's just asleep. He understood that you don't have to push, push, push. And I tell you what, sometimes as adults, we need to take a lesson from the kids and understand that when it's time to rest, it's time to rest. It's, we can take a break. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. This is Jesus' Jesus's call to us. He, to his disciples... To his disciples, he had a specific call, and he's making fishers men, and we all, get him, we all come into that as, as his followers. But here it is. This is his broadcast to us. And you know what? Even with all our free time, I think a whole lot of us would fall into this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I think a lot of us, we take a poll, and a lot of us could say, check off both of those boxes. I feel a little weary. I feel a little burdened. I'm not walking in the lightness of the Spirit. I'm not walking in, in that. And this is what Jesus says. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, a yoke, folks, that is, is not the, a part of an egg. It's this thing that fit on this animal. And it would go across his shoulders and he would, it would connect him to another animal. And whether it was an oxen or a, a, a cow or even you could yoke some mules together. And it would hook him up to another one. And then they would be able to go about their work. The work is still involved in this thing. It's productivity. It's not cast everything off and go out in the pasture and do nothing. There's still this productivity. There's still this thing in there. But he says, take my yoke. Hook up with me. Get on. Let, team up with me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Man, I tell you what, we've got leisure time, but we have very few people who really find rest for their souls. Because you know what? When you're, when you're in anguish, when you are worried, when you have something you're trying to hide, people can try to hide from the things in their lives through their, 
through their hobbies and through stuff. And Jesus says, you know what? We need rest on the soul level because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. As we're <clears throat> right from the beginning. We think about summer. We think about summer vacation. And we should think about unwinding and being restful. But I've heard it over and over and over again said, well, you know what? I need a vacation for my vacation. I've done it before. You know, where you just go and go hard. And, um, man, the vacation I'm planning this summer is a do-nothing vacation. Go somewhere and do nothing and just chill for a few days and just <clears throat> allow everything to kind of peel off of us. And the, one of the first things we need to understand that counteracts us really resting in God is this thing called worry. Because worry and rest, they don't mix. They're the whole oil and water thing. They just don't connect. When we have worry, that's why Jesus wanted us to cast off our weariness and our burdens. Those are always our worries. Those are always the things that, that distract us. Matthew six thirty four says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And man, I tell you what, it is, it is a burdensome thing to have the fret of the next day or the next week or the next year just totally looming over you. <clears throat> I love this psalm, Psalm 127. This is the psalm of ascents, and, I, and one of the psalm of ascents, and I, I've talked about this multiple times. But the psalm of ascents are all short. They're easy to memorize. And they were given to the people of Israel, and it's, an, it's when they ascend, when they go to worship at the temple. And this is one of the psalms, one of the ones they were given to them, for them when, that they would say as they're shifting into worship this is to help recalibrate and kind of push the stuff off and kind of get your mind focused on what you're about to do you're not there at the temple yet you're coming up you're coming up the steps so it's short you can cover it in the amount of those steps but this is these all of the psalm of ascents you read all of them right there in uh right there together and they're all to kind of refocus us and recalibrate our our minds and this is one of the psalm of ascents of solomon Talk about he was the king, he was incredibly powerful, he had a lot of stuff on his plate. And this is what he says as he's coming up, as he's coming up, and teaches us to say, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Man, I tell you, this has been, from day one of Celebration Church, this has been something I've said every Sunday morning. We get up, and of course, we're not building a building. We're renting this thing. It's about building the, the living stones, the you and I growing as the body of Christ, as this living temple unto God. And God to just always remind, unless God is doing this, I'm just spinning my wheels. The team's spinning their wheels. Everybody else, is, it's just pointless. We're just throwing effort to nothing. But if God's behind it, it changes everything. We want God's to breath to be in the middle of this. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For He grants sleep to those He loves. You know how Carson could so easily, easily sit there on that bench hundreds of miles away from any place remotely called home in a place that he wasn't going to be spending the night and knew he wasn't spending the night there in the magic kingdom? Why could he just go to sleep? Because he was in the presence of someone he knew loved him. And he could rest in that. 
that my daddy, my papa's right here, and I can just and he's going to take care of everything else. I can just, I can just chill. That God grants sleep to those He loves. I've given this scripture to lots of folks who have a, who maybe have some some worry issues and some insomnia issues and just can't get. It's almost always there's worry and fret and concern that's driving that. They just can't turn the the, the wheels off in their mind. And I'm like, you know what? God loves you. You can sleep. He knows what's keeping you up at night. Guess what? He never sleeps. He never has to do what we do. Well, let's, let's put this on his shoulders. And let's just get some sleep. Let's just turn this loose. Maybe somebody needs that. Maybe somebody needs to put that scripture on their nightstand and look at it every night. As you begin to reprogram your body to quit worrying about stuff and let God have it and get some rest. Wake up restful and ready for the, the things of that day. Because see, learning to truly relax means learning to rest in this truth, this truth right here, that God cares more about your well-being than you do. God cares more about your well-being than you do. So you need to, we can, when we, that we really grasp that and get our minds around that, we can trust Him and let Him have the reins for it. <clears throat> A couple of... Weekends ago, we went to uh, went to Six Flags in uh, Fiesta, and we enjoy theme parks. And it was a it was a restful time because we went and it was hot. So you know what we did? We left. We went shopping. And we came back when it was cool, and enjoyed it so much more. I'm learning to rest, dear. I'm learning it. And uh, and so we went back and enjoying the evening part of it. And Carson is just now tall enough to ride those 54-inch rides, the, the big daddies there at Fiesta. And so it's like, you know, we were going to ride the, the Superman, and he kind of opted out of riding that one. Lulu rode that one and just loved it. And so Carson said, I want to ride the Poltergeist. And I said, and I don't, I don't like the Poltergeist. I don't like it. It's too twisting and turning. It messes up my stomach. And uh, But my boy said he wanted to ride it, and I'm like, all right, we'll ride the last ride of the day, and we'll ride this thing. And uh, so we go, get on it, and he's standing in line. And all of a sudden, he starts freaking out. And he starts like, Dad, I just, I just want to go over with Mom. I'm like, no, you said you're riding the poultry guys. You mentally went through it. You knew it was safe, and this is just your emotions rearing up. And you're not going to let your emotions get the better of you. You already know that this is fine. You're going to stay with your original decision. You're going to ride this. So he gets on. We're waiting in line. He gets on the little thing. And this is the one that it just hurls you like 0 to 60 in like 3 point something seconds. And just whoosh. And then sends you through this like maze. It's a 48 second ride. I mean, super short. And um, so he's sitting there. And the people in line see the look on Carson's face that he's kind of freaked out. And they're talking him down and kind of looking at me like, what kind of jerk dad are you? <laughs> And, uh, and so I'm like, it's okay. It's good. You're all right, little boy. It's okay. And, uh, and so there, uh, so Carson is sent and he's grasped on, he's got everything, got everything ready to go. And it boom, launches. I'm telling you, we got 15 seconds into that ride. And he goes, I love you, daddy. That was so worth it. I get squeamish all day to hear that. And the, about 10 seconds after that, whoosh, he throws his hands up and rolls all the rest of his hands straight up in the air. Just whoosh, just flying through that. That was awesome, Dad. That was incredible. I want to do it again. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it again. 
That's all I can do to get through that. It messes up my stomach. You have to ride it with somebody else. And, uh, but he was able, he understood. He pressed through and even jumped into it because he understood. I care more about him than he does. I'm never gonna, I don't hurt him. I don't put him in harm's way. I protect him. And he's able to move forward in that and then get really restful. Where he just turned loose. He ain't holding on anymore. He's just resting and enjoying woo, the craziness, the ride. You know what? Sometimes our lives feel like we've just been launched zero to sitting there minding our own business and just woo, seconds flat. We've been thrown into the ugliest, nastiest knot of a ride we've ever been in in our lives. And you know what? A lot of people, it makes them lock down, clam up, lose it. Whatever, but when we as the people of God, when we understand that God, He loves us and He cares more about us getting through this on than getting to the other side of this than we ever did, we can actually, even in those moments, carry this place of restfulness, carry this place of relaxation, knowing, knowing that God is so good. I'm telling you, I have just been, I have been encouraged as a pastor as I have watched Patsy Randolph stand beside for the last month her husband Truett as he's getting better and better and better. And there have been some dark, ugly moments. And she's referred to it as a roller coaster. And it has been an ugly, painful, at moments, roller coaster. But you know what? Every time I've seen her, and I, she's told me she's had her tear moments. She's in private. But man, she's always smiling. There is this peace that is beyond her. She's not fabricating it and putting her little smile on and going in to, to give Truett, you know, a little deal. He's not do, she's not doing that. It's from the Holy Spirit. And here in the middle of this launch, zero to 60, she wakes up one morning, Truett is mowing the grass. And the next thing they know, all of a sudden they're on a, so far, a one-month ride into this mess. But the Spirit of God has just sustained her and carried her. And she's just been so full of joy and expectation of full recovery. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. See, Mark 4 that Jesus, we get the story, that Jesus and his crew had, had left the crowd behind and they took him along just as, he, <clears throat> just as he was in the boat. There also were other boats with him. And a furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. He's on the roller coaster ride of their day. It is just going nuts out there. They're thinking that the boat is going to sink. And Jesus is asleep. He's chill. He's there on a cushion. He's on a cushion. And the disciples go over there and they wake him up. They go over there and wake him up. And say this. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? The source of their fear was that they weren't sure that God really cared about their well-being. That Jesus, who was right there in the boat, he was in the boat with them. They didn't say, well, he left us. There's nothing here. There's no miracle worker here. They knew there was a miracle worker there. They just weren't sure that he cared. He's asleep. He's chilling. He doesn't seem like he's taking this serious at all. It seems like he doesn't care at all. And Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? What is that faith rooted in? 
knowing he cares about you. That's why one of the first scriptures we all hear is, For God so loved the world that he sent his son. The baseline of, of the gospel is that God cares. That he cares. <clears throat> first Peter 5 says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. See, if we are focused on the busyness of life, we'll miss out on what God's trying to give us. I love the Matthew 6.31 in the message translation. It says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not so be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. I had lunch with a longtime buddy of mine this past week and bouncing some ideas off of me on some, some ministry and business stuff. And, and he said, you know, that he was, had a conversation with God and was frustrated because all this stuff would just come to him in the middle of the night. And he said, God, please leave me alone. I need to get some sleep, you know. Why can't you talk to me during the day? And he, and he felt like the Holy Spirit told him. He said, it's not my fault. This is the only time you'll listen to me. Sometimes during the day, we're so busy. I mean, we just don't do it. We have to get quiet. I've said over and over again that so many times our, our the, we, we deal with the Holy Spirit like we deal with our bladder. We, we only notice it when we get quiet and still or it's an emergency. That's the only time. When we get quiet and still or it's an emergency, we have to be more conscientious than that. Luke, the proverbial story. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? Again, that care issue's coming back in again. Why, she's fretting. She's wondering if he's caring that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. Oh my goodness, come back to this weary and burdened. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. She's made the life choice, not the destructive choice. And it will not be taken away from her. We have to not get so wrapped up in the process of all the busyness of life. And the last thing we all want us to understand is that there can be this place of restful work. Okay, Work... It's not this horrible thing that exists under the curse. And, and, and that's why also thinking that also gives us this false picture of heaven that people think, well, heaven doesn't sound so cool because I really don't want to sit around on a cloud and play a harp all day. You know, just kind of do nothing and just kind of sit in my holy hammock and just chill for eternity. That's not, we really look at heaven, that's not what it's about. And we get our first glimpse of it in the garden. Genesis 2:15. the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. This ain't punishment. He didn't say, ooh, you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and now you're going to have to work. No, this was part of our original design, is that God has things for us to do and to be productive like him. Like him, he worked sun up to sundown, the morning and the evening were the first day. He worked the whole day and did this. The second day, sun up to sundown, he worked. Sun up to sundown, he worked. Having a good, solid, productive day, there's nothing wrong with that. But then having this place on the seventh day, he rested. Proverbs 3, 
Trust in the Lord. We started with this with the offering. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That comes back to that thing of I'm not really sure God's ways that good. My plan seems better. And um, so I, I'm, I'm going to kind of go with this and God help me out as I follow my face. But for the most part, I got it. Um, fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Research <clears throat> is saying that right now between 75 to 90% of all sickness and ailments is in some way stress-related. 75 to 90% is in some way stress-related. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just, it's destructive. Resting in God is, is helpful on every front in our lives. And it comes back to that thing of knowing He cares, knowing what He said on the subject you're dealing with, and trusting that He's right. That's when we can sit back and we can rest. See, God wants us to know Him and trust Him. And this trust should show itself in the way that we rest in Him in all that we do. In all that we do. On every front of our lives. On every front of our lives. And so, folks, this morning, this begins. This place of resting in Him begins with that first resting in Him, in the biggest question of all, what happens after death? What about my sin issue? What about this? And we start our relationship with taking the biggest rock, the biggest block we have to deal with in our existence, our eternity. And we say, you know what? I'm giving that one and I'm resting it on you. Jesus, you handled that for me. And I'm trusting that. If anybody needs to do that this morning, we want to make sure you have that opportunity. I'd appreciate if everybody just kind of bow your heads and we want to create a quiet moment. If that's you, if you say, you know what, I struggle about this. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this. I still feel trapped under my own sin and, and my own stupidity and mistakes. 